When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Yourself a Gun. A Sopranos podcast where Vince and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and talk, talk about, about it. it. Yeah, we're very excited uh, about today's episode um, for multiple reasons. Uh, you know, number one, it's a good episode. But number two, it's our guest that we're excited about. Because our guest today is none other than Brendan from the Frotcast, the human giant. What's up, dude? Suck these jeans. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hell yeah, dude. How are, how's yeah. life? It's beautiful, man. It's, uh, you know, just, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's just beautiful. You're having a beautiful it life. It is, yeah. Anyways, I'm very excited uh, to have you on because you are, uh, you, you know, you are the co-founder of the original Frotcast, uh, you know, one of the one of the original surviving members. Um, and uh, and I, I love Damn. you very much. I miss oh. I miss seeing you. I love you, too. I love all you guys. Uh, yeah, I was actually before we got started, I was talking about um, my daughter's uh, obsessed with all things unicorn. Uh, and so I played Space Unicorn for her, and she absolutely loved it. She demands to hear it all the time. And so uh, it's a nice little uh, memory of Ben uh, every time we uh, we hear that, because uh, Ben loved that song too. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, a great kind of trip down memory lane. Yeah, and it's a it is it is a legit. Uh, it's a it's a banger. It's it stands on its own four hoops. That's for sure. That's, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but it's got the extra bit of uh, yeah of nostalgia. So yeah. it's, it's always it's a nice reminder of you guys. And the bond we share as frauders. <laughs> now I'm just now I'm just thinking about you crying listening to Space Unicorn. <laughs> uh, you're not far off, man. <laughs> parenthood does weird things to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I've heard. I wouldn't know, but I have a cat. I definitely um, burst into an ugly cry listening to Holland 1945 by Neutral Milk Hotel a few months ago. So I'm doing oh, great. I'm doing yeah. great. No, that's a cry song, though. I get that. You know, that's yeah. a song that's meant for crying. Um, whereas Space Unicorn, that's meant for celebrating space. That's right. Sure. Yeah. And and this president of space, Kevin Spacey. That's Kevin, right. Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey, who, president. Of... <laughs> who I've not been following since I made that joke four and a half years ago. I, I hope he's uh, doing okay and not into weird shit or anything. Yeah, no, no, he's no, no. Every, He's good. Everything's super normal with him. Has yeah. been. Yeah, perhaps as tangential relationships to global uh, cabals of um, sex traffickers. No, 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 no. He wouldn't have anything. That's just a weird example I made up. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's just something random. He's probably somewhere having a normal one. 
Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely being normal is his thing. Um, so you uh, haven't, uh, you've obviously you've seen all of the Sopranos, but it's been a while since you rewatched it, right? Yeah. So I watched, oh uh, gosh, I, I think I didn't watch it from the beginning, but I definitely had gotten caught up, you know, by, by the end. I think I had gotten caught up on it prior to the penultimate season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've seen every episode, um, though I, I do believe the last Sopranos episode I watched was the finale uh, at the time of the finale. So oh, wow. it was fun. It was fun to go back and rewatch. I think, you know, somewhere in my head, I had it as like in, in my memory, I had it as like um, a dramatic show that was doing a lot of different interesting things uh, that also just kind of having me funny. And when I rewatched this episode, I was like, this is a comedy. This yeah, show is yes. a comedy. Yeah. Um, I think at the time it was so different. And, and obviously there's been a lot of ink spilled about, you know, it, it sort of heralded the beginning of Prestige TV and all that kind of stuff, um, which is all true, right? But I think it got sort of caught up in that through no fault of its own is like, oh, it's saying mm -hmm. so much other stuff and it's about all these other think things. About, right. like, think about the psychoanalysis. Yeah, and... Oh, and by the way, like those parts are the least tolerable. Yes, yes uh, exactly. 100%. Yeah. Um, and it's really just this amazing, you know, I feel like The Wire, which I love The Wire as well, don't get me wrong, but The Wire gets so much credit as like Dickensian, um, whereas Sopranos is every bit, if not more, um, mm -hmm. you know, so compelling with all those characters. And yeah, all of Melfi's, it, it made me also remember like all of Melfi's subplots and and how those all kind of fell flat and then of course the psychoanalysis scenes are like barely tolerable but man everything else every character everybody the casting just mm -hmm. impeccable everyone they got was so perfect all the way down to i don't want to jump too far ahead but the the crazy college roommate i mean what yeah. a mm -hmm. what a perfect uh what a well-written plot line and what a perfect yes. casting choice for for that woman she they're weirdly off. good they're weirdly good at writing um people in their adolescence it's it's strange. It's yeah. like they hey, they have AJ but, down perfectly as a little new metal kid, and they mm -hmm. have Meadow down as kind of like this like NPR lib who's uh, you know at a private school in New York. Yeah, Columbia so, attendee. Before yeah. all right, hey, uh, ah. before we get into all that, I mean, how do we start every episode, Matt? That's right. Before we get into it, we have to start. It is the law to start with the Pod Yourself a Gun theme song. You guys should just play it first. Pod. 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 Podcast. What do you mean we should play it first? We need to play it to watch the reaction of the guests that we have on. And I got to say, Matt needs the validation every, return. every time. Well, I've yeah. heard it before. Yeah. I, I laughed very hard the first time I heard it. Yeah, it's unfortunate because uh, 
It doesn't stay funny. Um, <laughs> the cat's out of the bag on this one. Yeah, sure is. Um, so today we are talking about season three, episode six of The Sopranos, University, which premiered on April 1st, 2001. That is April Fool's Day. Um, Vince, what was going on in America well, when HBO's, this episode came excuse out? Excuse me, I would just like to add that uh, the only fool that I can think of is the person that missed this episode. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. <laughs> Ooh. That's a poll quote. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're gonna use the remember when machine, uh, you know, to give you the cultural context uh, around when this episode premiered. You cannot s- separate art from its cultural context, and that's why that's right. we provide you with the cultural context in the remember when machine. Remember, remember when it's the lowest form of conversation. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so April 1st, 2001, uh, some of the things that happened that day, uh, the former president of, the, of Serbia, Slobodan Milosevic, surrendered to special forces uh, to be tried for war crimes. Um, oh, yeah. fun. Yeah. So there was that. That That's happened. A pretty big one. Yeah. So th- who was it? It was the Serbs versus who? Well, the Serbs, uh, the, the Yugoslavia was made up of Slovenia, Serbia, uh, Bosnia, Montenegro, and Croatia. And when um, the Soviet Union broke up, uh, a lot of the other um, republics of Yugoslavia broke away from it, like Croatia. Right, right, right. And, uh, and Serbia controlled, like, the military mostly, and it was sort of... Oh. They, were, they, were in, they were in most of the positions of power in uh yugoslavia and so they were kind of like no you're part of us you can't go away so so what's kosovo then kosovo is another republic in uh the former yugoslavia it's just a just a mess kind of a mishmash there's like muslims there's serbs there's Mm. uh, you know there's a lot of slavs i know there's lots of slavs well they're all slavs but they're different kinds of there's different they're different flavors of slavs they're sub slavs (laughs) yeah exactly they're they are sub-Slavs. Well, that's fun. Uh-huh. What else was happening? Uh, other things that were happening, the Netherlands actually became the first country in the world to legalize same-sex marriage. And that makes sense. That, that's where you go if you want to like uh, like uh, eat mushrooms and shit, right? Yeah, and, uh, and marry a or man. Or get married to a guy. Yeah, a yeah, 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 yeah. No, that, that makes sense. They, they're, they're ahead of the curve on all this stuff. Yeah, they were microdosing and macrodosing and getting gay married. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, also, Stone Cold defeated The Rock for the WWF Championship at WrestleMania 17 in the Houston Astrodome. Fuck. Yeah. So Crazy was, day, dude. Yeah. Very important. Um, the top movies in the country at the time were Spy Kids uh, by Robert Rodriguez, which I don't know oh, if you've yeah. ever seen, but it feels like you're tripping balls uh, to watch because <laughs> it's it, it looks like he shot the entire thing like on a green screen in his house. Uh, right. It, yeah. I think he did, didn't he? I mean, isn't the entire movie green screen? Yeah, basically. Like, I think he used it to teach himself how to do special effects or something. And uh, yeah. Ugh. So yeah, did he bring like, the, um, the kids? It's to like his the garage? Tim and Eric sketch spaghetti, where he's got like the <laughs> his hair is like green screen. It's wrapped in the green screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or he gets the he gets the green screen hair implants. I, I really affecting his brain. Yeah. I can't stand that that one sketch. That's one sketch I can't. I can't watch a guy with a mouthful of spaghetti say spaghetti. 
Yeah, there's a lot of uh, food stuff in Tim and Eric. Like, I couldn't handle it whenever they did gross food stuff. Gross food stuff kills me. I don't like it. I don't either. Um, the uh, second movie was uh, Someone Like You, starring Ashley Judd and Hugh Jackman. Sick. The, the old Judd Jackman classic pairing. Uh, and the classic pair. was Heartbreakers, which we talked about last week. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sigourney Weaver, Gene Hackman. Mm-hmm. Um, the top songs. Oh, yeah. Um, back at number... Sorry, no, I, yeah. I just remembered it. I don't even think I saw it, but I was having trouble remembering what it was. Sorry, I just uh, had... Yeah. My realization happened out loud. Oh, no, I had to yeah. look it up, so that's impressive that you pulled it out of your own brain. I, um, I loved it when I saw it, and then and then they sang Back in the USSR. Uh, uh, I was like, oh, that's, uh, that's fun. And then uh, also, at one point... They uh they put glass in on their on their salad and get it for free and I'm like, well that seems strange because you haven't finished the salad. So also you could just like use a human hair that feels like it'd be safer. Yeah, but also it's just like pour it maybe when you're done with the salad. I don't know. It seems weird to order a whole salad, eat like two bites, and then put glass in it and get it for free. It just it seemed like a bad con. It's a bad con. Yeah. Um, the top songs uh, back at number one with a bullet is uh, Butterfly yes. by Crazy Town. Hell yes. yeah. yeah. Which is not just a great <laughs> song, but just like a beautiful phrase. Like, I feel like if you'd never heard the song Butterfly by Crazy Town, the phrase Butterfly by Crazy Town, it, it just it's a, it paints an evocative portrait. Yeah, a horny one. There's something about <laughs> both those words, like Crazy Town, Butterfly by Crazy Town just makes me horny. And I think that might be Pavlovian. Like, maybe I knew that song. Yeah, no, it's about the him making the his, her leg shake. She goes crazy. I mean, it's a whole song about a, a lady with a back tattoo, right? <laughs> she just Sounds got right. she got a lo- she got a lower back tattoo that was mm. I, I never Back when that was provocative i never oh, broke that, that was... down but yeah now that you say that that uh makes a lot of sense yeah it's just like look at this whore that's how she that's how they knew she was crazy town <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like bullseye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um the guy uh the, or the somebody i don't remember who it was somebody who lived under in the apartment underneath me in college uh, listen to that song on repeat <laughs> yeah see that's that's what i'm saying there's like something weird about it where it's like it was such a catchy song but i'm positive that men were masturbating to it yeah and i'm talking for like hours like yeah that's not, yes. not like five times in a row like hours and i mean you could totally tell because that bass line right the, yeah. the flea sample mm. um i mean it's not like it's you know it's distinctive so you know yeah. what it is you know butterfly when it's happening yeah, oh yes. Not, I, not, I enjoy mm. the derivativeness of the fact that uh Crazy Town sampled a baseline that probably came out, I don't know, five years earlier. And then mm-hmm. apparently now in the UK there's another song that samples Crazy Town sampling the red hot chili peppers. And uh yeah. It's uh That's crazy, it's fu- dude. It's fun. It's a little Russian nesting doll. It's, it's like uh it's like multiplicity, you know, the songs just get worse and worse. Yeah. Uh, anyway that was the remember when machine great machine that we have very important cultural context all right so let's get into this episode vince um what 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 is the synopsis for this episode based on uh, hbo max um ralph's volatile relationship with a bada bing stripper and his obsession with the movie gladiator combined to put a damper on several boys night out sessions at the club Meanwhile, at Columbia, Meadow's relationship with Noah is put to the test by her needy roommate, Caitlin. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's about right. Pretty good. Um, I have my own. 
I have my own Bada B stories okay. um, that I think break down the episode in a, you know, in a much more thoughtful way. Oh, sure, um, sure. So these are the Bada B stories is what was going on in this episode. <clears throat> oh, God. Mm. Tracy gets braces and punched in the faces. <laughs> Caitlin tempts Faitlin gets berated by Rumaitlin. Noah is a grower, not a shower. <laughs> Ralphie gets mouthy and character goes southy. Uh, and Tony on throny watches chaos happen baloney. All right. Uh, so that I, don't I even, think that you might have to break down the Noah is a grow and not a show one. I don't even think I get that. I one. mean. I think that's just about his dick. We know oh, that his okay. dick, um, you know, it doesn't make a, a physical appearance in the episode, but we know that, um, you know, uh, I mean, what I mean by that, like poetically, is that like Noah seems like such a kind of meek, you know, sweet beta male type mm, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's about getting debt pussy. And, <laughs> and I think in this episode, you kind of I... see him, uh, you, you see how those kind of, beta male type boys uh are very much so just it's a it's a it's an act that they're putting on like he's a fuck he's a, boy he's a proto fuck boy i well, was thinking that i, I that yes. notes. i don't know if i read this the same way as you to me he just read as like the perfect limousine lib where he uh-huh. went from being like the caring guy who thinks who thinks uh Oh, maybe we should be patient with her. And then his girlfriend says he's a nice guy. To like, my dad got a restraining order against her without the slightest bit of introspection there. It was like, as, yeah. soon, as soon as he was actually forced to deal with the problem himself, he went full Dennis Miller. Yeah, no, I mean, for I, I see what you mean. And that is, I think, how I initially read the character when well, I... I think those can coexist. Sure, yeah, sure. Those are diametrically opposed viewpoints on the no that's yeah that's true yeah i and, and and i think just like on the surface that's how i first read the character but upon re-watching it you really see the um the the tactics of a fuck boy the manipulation like the the way that he is you know uh he kind of goes positive uh whenever meadow goes negative you know he wants to always like pre- present himself as caring and yeah. kind and whatnot just to you know just to get to to make that pussy juicy and <laughs> i i feel like you know he he succeeds in that um in in multiple ways but we'll we'll, we'll get into that um do, do you want to start with turn this? that meadow into a swamp um you, yeah you want to start with this storyline yeah let's do it okay so uh so yeah meadow and noah are taking their relationship to the to the next level um Me- and- yeah meanwhile uh you know meadow's still dealing with caitlin who's a total pain in the ass and i think so like my thoughts on this episode are like this is one of the episodes that stands out in my mind as one of the ones I mem- I remember the best, even though I haven't seen it in like yeah. 20 years. And, and in my head, like there was, this was like a five episode arc, but it's all packed into one episode. Yes. And like this character, or like, or like this storyline in particular, um, I feel like is, it really uh, illustrates how good the writing of The Sopranos is because like on the one hand, you have uh, Noah, who's like the perfect, you know, believable 
uh, entitled college kid that you've probably met a version of. And Mm -hmm. then on the other, you have Caitlin, who's like kind of the worst case scenario roommate, but still uh, completely believable. And, so 100% believable. Yeah. In fact, I, I, I've had roommates who have pulled... I was going to say, we all knew someone like that in college. Yes, who pulled similar shit. Like shit like, uh, you know, you come home late and they're mad at you. And they're like, <laughs> you didn't call. And, you know, people You don't even call? To... Yeah, who people doesn't who want... call? What kind of people are these? <laughs> you could have been dead in the street with your throat cut. Like anyone... Anyone who treats their roommate uh, like a mother would treat a, a son or daughter is like they, they have some serious issues. But I've met them, you know. I've 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 had a, a roommate like that, and I've known other people who've had, and um, and also have known people who had mental breakdowns in their first year in college. You know, yeah. Whether either because they they you know had a mental illness uh, that came out then, or just because they could not handle being on their own i mean that first uh, like the first two weeks of college like in your head at least i don't know for me like pop culture had me convinced that i was going to like a giant fucking like girls gone wild party oh Um, yeah it was supposed to be fuck city it was supposed to be like the best time and it ended up being like fucking cry town you know what i mean (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you know i think college eventually gets super fun and amazing but like the first two weeks or so are not fun at all everybody's like still weird and you know trying to hold on to their there's a lot of forced fun yeah there's forced fun there's like events that are put on by the school you know and you go to them thinking like oh this is this is going to be where the fuck festival happens and and it just doesn't and you just find yourself randomly like in the first week i think of college i found myself like drunk and crying because i was already in love with someone who broke my heart like (laughs) like in in like seven days so it's like uh you know it can be it can be a a weird transition and i think yeah yeah. i I think i had never encountered uh like rich rich kids like rich smart kids in a big group before so like i went from i spent four years like learning how to relate to aj's uh, and mm-hmm. then in like a week I had to be surrounded by Noah's and it was very fucking confusing for me and it yes. was hard to, yeah. Yeah. It's, it is weird, uh, being an AJ kind of guy in a Noah kind of town. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I wasn't an AJ kind of guy, but that's what kind of what, like I was surrounded with and learned how to, uh, you yeah. know, uh, navigate around. And then when you're around a bunch of like pretentious name droppers, all of a sudden you're like, wow, wow, this is a, this is a whole different yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very weird. And uh yeah, and yeah. I spent four years learning all the words to every slipknot song. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I went from <laughs> having to really like really tough. I had to I had to, like, like, I prepared wrestle, for nothing. I had to wrestle yeah. pregnant pit bulls, you know, outside of the circle K and then all of a sudden I'm <laughs> surrounded by people that I'd never <laughs> met before like i'd never actually encountered a lot of the types of people that i met at college because we didn't have them in the central valley it was like an entirely new species yeah 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 you you mean jews yeah jews well jews was part of it but mostly just like you know smart kids with money yeah 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 so jews no i'm kidding Uh, (laughs) i i because i had the the not not the opposite experience but I, i had the first ever experience of people who had never met a Jew, mm-hmm. um, and but yet still were experts at doing Jew jokes, <laughs> and and I remember at, at first being like, "Oh hell yeah, I can relate." You know, I know all these jokes too, and then and then being like, "Wait a minute, 
you can't do these jokes if you've never met. Am I the first Jew you've ever said them to? <laughs> I feel like this is bad, but I don't know why. And uh, yeah, it was it was definitely it was strange meeting. You know, I met all of the the Vinces from all over. Sure, and had had to explain them to them that uh, you know you know maybe cool it on the Jew jokes. Yeah, you well, yeah, my because my dad was a junior college uh, teacher. I knew we knew one Jewish family who was the math teacher at the Jew, at the junior college and that was the, the only ju- that was the more only more like more like junior college. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Got it. The, I wish um, that, so there was an episode of the Sopranos called College uh, and this one's called University and uh, I wish there was like an in-between episode called Junior College, which dealt with just some other themes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just AJ, AJ focused. Yes, on yes. Yeah. It would have been AJ gets someone pregnant, but she's faking it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they robbed um, us of that episode. We, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate. Um, yeah, no. In terms of like you know alternate titles for this episode because because of the fact that the theme of university is kind of throughout. It's like you see. Caitlin's experience, um, you know, at uh, at Columbia mm-hmm. kind of mirrors uh, like another parallel Caitlin through the role of Tracy, a stripper at the Bing, who is going through her own university being a stripper at the Bing. And yeah, getting- Tracy is just junior college Caitlin. Exactly. And so I, in terms of alternate titles, I have two. I have uh, the School of Hard Knockers. <laughs> and a uh, school of hard cocks. I, yeah. I couldn't choose, so I said sure, both. Sure, sure. My my alternate title yeah. was just "Are you not entertained?" Yeah, that's good mm-hmm. too, because there's a lot of there's a you know a lot of fucking gladiator references. Yeah, there's gladiator references. Um, I also I had this idea when I was watching this episode. I don't want to jump storylines, but I'm going to say this. Do way. it. Um, I have an idea for a coffee table book that is just uh like people who played like strippers or one-off naked people in the Sopranos, uh, Mm -hmm. just a coffee table book of like them at the time, like what happened in their lives since then and like what they're doing now. Yeah. But you, you had to have been naked in the Sopranos. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's because yeah. there's always there's always like uh like ten uncredited strippers in like every Sopranos episode. Yeah. Especially yeah. this one. Um and I just want to know like who those people are, uh, you know, how they got recruited into the bada bing and like what they're doing now. Like uh the girl who played Tracy and I think the guy who played Noah both ended up uh, starting yoga practices, which I find uh, interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. They I both look that. like yoga teachers. For <laughs> yeah. sure. They do. Um, Tracy is, I think, in terms of Sopranos lore, one of the all-time great uh, one-episode arc characters. Yeah. Um, like, like, and it's it, the sad thing is you don't, you never really remember her name. You know, the the name of the character. You just remember the episode with uh with the stripper Mm -hmm. um and it's just like i mean and it has such a vast effect on kind of the arc of the next two seasons uh this season and season four that like it it just kind of keeps coming back to to that even though she only was on screen for you know probably 15 minutes total um and uh and yeah it's just like and also like one of the most beautiful bodies (laughs) Just like like this episode just brings it back to what the show is really about, which is titties and meat. Mm -hmm. And just though in terms of like titty meat, 
perfect. Just there, she there sold... could have been more cured meats this episode. That was the only drawback, really. Yeah, but in terms of meat, I'm talking about like uh like titty meat, um, uh-huh. and also uh and also Noah's dick, probably. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, can can we real quick just talk about the opening of this episode? Please. I thought this was one. This is one of my favorite all time uh openings uh of of any episode, um where. Uh, it starts with a song uh, by the Kinks. That the, is, yeah, the, the least likely like stripper song. Yeah, oh, that's like the first thing that I thought of is like, what stripper is dancing with this? I mean, yeah. I get it. The song's living on a thin line, so you know, yeah, it sets the motif for the, the episode. But um, it's such a yeah. good. It's it's it reminds me of the uh, the funeral scene in The Wire. Where like I don't yeah. necessarily believe that a bunch of Baltimore cops are listening to the Pogues, uh, right? But I want to believe it because it's such a good song. Yeah, yeah, and and it's the same with this one. Although I have to say, this is maybe one of the most painfully British songs I've, I've <laughs> ever heard. Yeah. Like this shit, this shit is so British that even the Kinks, who don't normally sound that British when they're singing, uh-huh. went went extra British for this song. So it's just it's kind of got a, a weird feel to it. Um, I I actually I have a clip of of the song. It's called "Truly the Best Soprano Song." The Queen's Navy and the ships Dive with big and fish and chips But there's no red pie now There's no red pie now All the tea, Harry Potter crisps Football union, Jack Chimney Sweet for a hat Yellow tea There's no red pie now <laughs> I take back every I take back every insult I ever made towards your mashups because your parody songs are so good. I mean, I know what you're talking about. That's the song. That's exactly That's exactly how it goes. You're playing it again. Yeah, I gotta hear it again. I'm the sorry. Queen's Navy and the ships. Dive a big and fish and chips, but there's no red pie now. There's no red pie now. All the tea, Harry Potter crisps, football union, Jack Chimney sweet for the hat. Yellow tea. What did you say there? <laughs> I said, uh, 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 Harry Potter crisps. Um, uh, what do I say? Football union, Jack oh, okay. Chimney sweep. Uh, bowler hat, yellow teeth. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm just saying the kinks, you know, a little bit too British, a little yeah, bit too sure. British, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that is, it's definitely, uh, it, it sets up, like you said, uh, Brendan, it's, uh, the, the motif of the episode living on the thin line, <laughs> but, uh, I wish you'd squeeze something about old timey trains in there. <laughs> well, I thought about continuing. I was like, how many oh, lyrics? trains, metal in the brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Mary Poppins. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, um, yeah, that's good. Yeah. So it's a, it's a great opening song. I love it a lot. Um, and it, it, it also starts with a, a really funny conversation Um between Syl and the bartender and Tony about how Italians 
are like th- they do too many nicknames, which uh, which I don't know. Is that is that true? Do, do, Vince, did you yeah. grow up? No, with I a, didn't. With a, but have you seen Goodfellas? That's true. They do have a lot. Of, but is that a mafia thing or is it an Italian thing? Uh, I think that's just a blue collar thing. Like I think, uh, oh, yeah. I think Boston guys all have nicknames too. Like, oh, you know, it's a uh, Tommy Black Tommy, uh, Squeeze Box <laughs> Feather Spinach. You know, it's like yeah. I think any this- honestly, I think it's any group of guys because like sports yeah. teams or fraternities are pretty much the same. And it's the Cholos too. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. love it. They got Pepper. They got Slimer. They got Smiley. They got there's a lot. Yeah. Well, um um yeah, I feel like that uh I'll play that clip of Georgie discussing nicknames. It's almost uh a little overly self-referential, I feel. Don't seem to matter very much. The guy on 13th Street. I told him uh, go see Gigi. Before Beanie, Gigi, Beanie, us Italians, I think we're the only ones who use nicknames to that extent. No, you're Chinese. No. It's violinist uh, Yo-Yo Ma, Super K. It's another word for nickname. What's Super K? I I was going to look it up, but I didn't. It's what he says it is. It's another word for nickname. Oh, is that it? Is that all it is? Yeah, that's all it is. Was it just the bartender wanting to show off that he knew a name? That he knew of like a fancy French word? It's like a big word, yeah. Super K. We kind of we kind of see the evolution of Georgie in this episode because he was like yes. we previously saw him he's like a little bit sensitive he doesn't know how to work the phone um, mm-hmm. and now he's and like he's always he's a punching bag yeah he's a punching bag but he's like uh, he's like a curiously sensitive uh, bouncer guy but then uh, but then again much like Noah he also turns out to be like a fuckboy in this uh, of his own of his own special he- flavor. That's right. That's right. He, uh, you know, he ends up, uh, you see him for the first time as being someone who's um, willing to uh, basically force women to trade sexual favors in order to be part of the VIP section. Yeah. Uh, um, Which is interesting because like, because I've gotten, gotten so used to his character being kind of meek and kind of like a sweet guy. Like he always says, you know, it's $50 to me plus a blowjob later. Uh, part of me is like, I bet he doesn't. I bet he doesn't collect on that blowjob. He just seems too nice, you know. He seemed like a nice guy. It's just I don't want to believe that Georgie would do that. I I mean I think he's just another credit <clears throat> to the Sopranos writers that they don't ever let anyone be the good guy. Yeah. Like, like early on, you would have thought like, oh maybe Georgie he's kind of like the den mother. He's protecting these girls and he's kind of sensitive and he's a little dumb. Um, and it's kind of the same thing, uh, with Carmela. Like when I was watching this episode, I was thinking that like, if this was written in 2020, they would definitely make Carmela like the voice of reason who's there to, uh, you know, contextualize things that like there to be a person who calls Tony on his shit. Um, and she does call Tony on his shit, but like this show never lets you forget that, that Carmela is like just as retrograde as Tony. She's just like a little better at optics. And, uh, yeah, I think that's one of the strengths of the the show. Yeah. I mean, Carmela, that's that's a good point. Vince, cause like this show wouldn't get made this way today, you know, cause like there would have to be a scold. There would have to be someone because people can't, you know, like people are deathly afraid of even something that 
normal people understand is bad as like being perceived as like an endorsement of it. Yeah. And so like, it's like shows now have to have a character be like, okay, time out. Let me tell you why what just happened is bad. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, it's so horrible. I mean, it's, it doesn't benefit anybody because it, it just assumes that your audience is so dumb that they can't right. understand or, or that they can't make any moral judgment for themselves. Well, everybody yeah, is think- so afraid of, uh, you know, things being like secretly alt right or something that yes. they have yes. to, that they, that they exactly what you said, they have to explain everything. And it's like this weird impulse of, um, it's this weird impulse of like centrist liberalism where, uh, mm-hmm. You know, they want every work of art to be about cool, like nice people who are, uh, you know. What work of art has has actually been secretly alt right? I mean, it's just this like, yeah, it's I think just yeah, just just I, million I, I, dollar extreme, like, which I think got taken off the air before it even aired. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I do this like there's this like paranoia that it's like seeping into our culture, and it's like I don't know who, I don't know what like people can actually point to as like having been secretly all right, it's like all these weird people who are, it seems like they're just like, all it is is just an angle for a writing gig, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. All these shows are secretly all right. They need to hire me. So yeah. Yeah. I can ensure that it's not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just no, that's about right. Employed liberal arts majors. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and I do think it is kind of, please uh, buy my uh, series of seminars on how to train your employees uh, against uh, unconscious bias. Yeah, why hiring unfunny people will help you be woke. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I do think there's also, uh, I mean, if we're talking about the way that we need to couch of, uh, offensive behavior done by characters on TV and something that, you know, signals to the audience, oh, it's okay. Um, like, there's also, there's an impulse in general now where people, I think they want to have bad people on screen uh or or characters who are flawed um but they they also it, it, at least in comedy they want to make the bad the bad jokes um but they they have to find a safe angle to do it so it's like i mean did you guys watch bill burr on yeah. uh saturday night live yeah, that was, was like just, a perfect example i was just gonna bring that up because like back in the day i mean nothing he said was like that that was anything crazy and uh like back in the day you would take that kind of comedy for what it was which was just you know one guy's you know flawed perspective whatever it might might be and and laugh at the wordplay that he built into that but now it's like they're they're looking for his his set to be uh some sort of um you know uh, like piece of philosophy that's going to stand the test yeah. of time and it's like no it's comedy was like a coherent worldview yeah like, exactly comedy like a joke was... has to reflect a coherent worldview it can't just be ladies wash your ass yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and and it's like you know the thing about bill burr is he's so good that he found the funniest angles to do the jokes that he has been doing for you know 30 years yeah um and found the 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 angles so that uh anyone who was going to uh, accuse him of being, you know, offensive, uh, would immediately get counter accused by, it was basically, he sent uh, uh, a bunch of like uh, liberal scolds after each other so that <laughs> yeah. they all fought. It's like he shook the, he did he the shook thing the that Howard farm. Stern used to do where he would call the Chinese restaurant in order and then call the other Chinese restaurant and then have like five Chinese restaurants talking to each other. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, canceled. Um, What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So yeah, uh, in this show, I feel like the closest they get to kind of like uh, the character who's informing the audience that we know these are bad people is Meadow. And um, and Meadow is uh, just, you know, she's she's written as kind of a liberal uh, scold. Right. I mean, in this Um, in this show, they make all the liberal scolds just as bad as the people they're scolding, which is very true to life. Well, not as bad. They're usually not no, murdering anybody. Not as bad, but like you know that they have their own problems. They show them as 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 also flawed and yes. um, also as like uh, a lot of times disingenuous and whatnot. Um, but yeah, uh, let's let's get into there's a good, there. There's a good illustration of this in a much later season when she's dating. Uh, what's his name? Flynn. Oh Finn? yeah, Finn. 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 And. Um, he doesn't have a job and they Tony tries to get him like a no show construction job. Yeah. And uh, he, he expresses concern that he is taking a job away from a Latino person. <laughs> that's like, that's a really good. Illustration yeah, of that. So perfect. Uh, because it's like, it's just a, an entire group of people, uh, the mafia sitting around, literally taking jobs away from other people and not even showing up and going, yeah, that's the, uh, that's the fucking point. Yeah. That's right. Was we're he here to take the jobs? Was Finn the one that ended up in a, like a gay relationship with Vito or is that a different? No, he doesn't end up in a gay relationship with the Vito. No, he, he ends up running away. Oh no. He yeah, saw, Vito. he saw Vito getting a blowjob, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And right. Vito, Vito creeps on him. Yeah. 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 Buys the tickets him, uh, to the Mets. Yeah. Yeah, he tells him his piss stream sounds like a racehorse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, all right, okay. So, um, 
let's let, let's continue just real quick with the uh <clears throat> with Meadow and and Noah. So they Meadow and Noah have sex for the first time in this episode, um, which uh, is also uh, kind of weird to watch. Yeah, uh, kind of gross. Just yeah, just because it, it, it's it, again they wrote it pretty well in and terms shot of like, it well. They shot it like an yes. actual like weird college sexual nervous experience. Yeah, yeah, and I always appreciate it when they're you know when someone shoots like a teenage sex scene. Um, it, to not make me horny i'm mm-hmm. always like thank you because usually mm-hmm. uh anyways uh so caitlin meanwhile is going fucking crazy and i i, I have a i have a theory about this episode um because the, the arc of what ends up happening is basically noah and uh meadow are get together they finally have sex and then caitlin is being weird and then noah you know suggests being nice to her and then they're nice to her and she's still weird and then you know eventually um noah you know, has noah... a personal experience with her he, he suggests like oh let's be nice to her and then once he actually has to like spend more than 10 minutes with her on his own he's like oh yeah no we need to build the wall and she should be in prison Right. So she so he basically uh, ends up, you know, getting a C minus on a test because uh, she came over um, and I guess distracted him. Right. And then, uh, you know, uh, he takes his grades very seriously. His father files a restraining order. um, And then they then she he breaks up with Meadow. Here's my theory. Did did Noah fuck Caitlin? That was in, an interesting ambiguity, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the, I I I, have... I like that they built that amount of uh, they put you really they really put you in Meadows' position because we actually don't know why the hell uh, Noah decided to break up with Meadow. I, I I simply read that as like Noah got a visit from his dad and his other bougie friend and he realized that like meadow was uh beneath him somehow mm, that's interesting that like he interesting. was embarrassed that he had to bring his dad to meet his girlfriend and then she had to uh admit that her father's like in waste management yeah i mean i i, I could i could see that too but i also um i mean if we're going just on the surface there's clearly uh things start changing after they have sex after meadow and uh noah have sex like they're still cute um and you know they 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 fuck a couple of times um but you know he definitely starts to change which kind of like but but i and i mean but that's there's another simpler way to read that which is that uh you know when you're in your especially early and mid-20s you know, like you built, you, you build your horniness into, you know, this greater affection for a person than really Mm -hmm. exists. And then, and then you start having regular sex and it's sort of like the blinders come off and you, you realize like you actually have to hang out with that person, uh, when you aren't blinded by your lust for them. And, and I feel like that changes the tenor of a relationship inherently. And in fact, I think that's, I think that's why, People should uh, have sex as soon as possible uh, when they're dating. Like the thing where you're supposed to make a guy like wait, uh, you know, four dates or whatever. Like, no, you should have sex with them as early as possible so you can find out like what your relationship actually yeah. is to each other. No. Yeah. That, to me, that is like, you know, that's the first thing you should do before even talking. Just yeah. fuck. Yeah. 
the first thing you should say to each other is, Oh, you want to like that, you dirty fuck. <laughs> you like when I fuck inside of you. You know, whatever. Yeah. You know, like hot stuff. Like, you know, it feels good to do good. You know? Yep. <laughs> it feels good to do good. Hot stuff like that. Hot stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, the, the, but it really does imply um, some... Uh, some tomfoolery was going on between um, uh, Noah and Caitlin. I, I have a clip of just kind of the progression of uh, of their this this kind of threesome, this relationship. Uh -huh. Caitlin does kind of act like someone who you know got got piped down. Oh yeah, after, right. After yeah, that's what scene, I'm saying. Right? That's what I'm saying. You know, there's this thing on TV once about that pilot Charles Lindbergh and about how his baby was kidnapped and killed. Jesus Christ already! Don't go. We're going to know us. You know, at least you have a boyfriend. <laughs> Maybe you should find her a guy. I have an idea. I think her birthday's coming up. Why don't we take her out, you know, like to celebrate? Get her drunk. Maybe it'll cheer her up. And I know it would cheer you up. Oh yeah? What? Wanna hang out? I'm writing my paper. You mind if I just sit and study then? I'm fine, really. It's just, you know, it's creepy up there alone. All right. I just feel better already. Irene is an amazing cook. Now, if I just don't get freaked out by the sound of the pine trees at night, I'm going to know us. So, to me, everything that happens in that relationship is like it, it implies that they fucked because it starts out with, you know, first she's like jealous, like at least you have a boyfriend, you know, and then uh, he says, oh, maybe we should, uh, you know, be just be nicer. Maybe we could all go out, you know, we could she could get drunk and then, you know, that uh, that would make her uh, feel better. And then he says immediately, I know what will make you feel better. So his feel better is fucking. That's what his feel better is. I'm pretty convinced that he wanted to get everyone drunk and have a threesome. That's my guess. That's my guess. Sure. And then Caitlin, she goes over knowing full well that this is a guy who fucks because she knows, <laughs> you know, you know, when like you find out that someone's fucking when you're not fucking. Um, yeah. like this is me in like middle school when I found out that a, a you know a girl was like you know giving her boyfriend a blowjob and all of a sudden you're just horny for that girl because you're like that's a girl who give blowjobs even though it's like <laughs> no she's in a relationship with somebody I mean, and they do sex. This is an intriguing theory. I think you seem a little bit like Charlie Day with the note cards on the wall, like making no, the, no, 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 no. <laughs> I put it all together, Vince. Yeah, I put it all together. It's 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 just feels it feels right to me because then. She comes over. She's, she's definitely got a pep in her step after right? that scene. Well, she's and also then, right? bipolar. But yeah, like you could make a case for your theory, but you could also make a case for, you know, she's just uh, bipolar and she she like has wild mood swings, which has been her character since she was first introduced. Okay, but there's also pep in her in pep in Meadow's step the moment after the she and noah fuck for the first time sure. all of a sudden like the the, the show is <clears throat> almost like making a point to be like you know when you he's got when a you, magic dick 
yeah, he's got a magic dick. He makes everyone feel better. Um, and then when they break up, of course, she has the opposite. She doesn't have a pep in her step anymore. She's like, oh, is there any food in this house? It's like, it makes a point to be like, you know, this sure. is the effect that Noah, I the fuck boy. I didn't go there because I have such a hard time imagining Noah, you know, being being a good being. Yeah, a good but that's lover. the trick. That's the fuck boy trick. The trick is like, <laughs> oh, I'm just, uh, I'm just a nice guy, and then it's like, yeah, yeah, I like to yeah, take that pussy like and put that much. pussy in my pocket and then take the pussy with. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, that's how, that's how it is. All right. Behind the scenes. Anyways, um, and then of course, uh, Meadow and Noah, uh, break up, and uh, I gotta say, like Noah's breakup skills, uh, were just so terrible, um. Like, there's a thousand ways you could have broken up with her. Um, in the library uh, is a weird place to do mm-hmm. it. And the weirdest part is when he's done, he puts his glasses back on and continues studying like a fucking sociopath. Yeah. Like, well, Noah's a piece of shit. We've already, they've already, they established that from day one. I'm just saying, you know, um, it is, it's kind of strange to me that he would do that like my instinct when i break up with someone is to to go you know yeah but he was going to continue studying there he was going to make her go yeah jesus fuck boys yeah because because why why should he go because she's the one who's negative yeah that's a very (laughs) good point she's the one who's incredibly negative that's another that's another fucking limousine lib thing where you where everything comes down to like how positive an attitude you are and it's like ah just can't handle this negative energy like he would have been great working at fucking theranos with uh elizabeth holmes yeah yeah don't tell me what's not possible tell me what is possible yeah (laughs) um it's kind of interesting because noah uh you know, while Caitlin and Tracy's characters are kind of paralleling each other, um, Noah and Ralphie are kind of also <laughs> doing the same thing, um, and not not in the not in the exact same way. Obviously, uh, I think Ralphie's storyline. This is this is the episode where Ralphie um, really comes out like as a full piece of shit. Yeah. You know, I would like, say, as like I said, this, Ralphie this... gets mouthy and his character goes down Southie. I think that was a perfect way. Yeah. Of the it. way I would describe his entire arc is it's sort of like the I'm all right. Spider scene, like blown up into a, a standalone storyline where yeah. he, he, he does like this monstrous thing to a person. He know he knows has no power and can't hurt him. Uh, and then when people call him on it, he's just like, Oh, what, what? Oh, Oh, what? Like I never dug a hole before. Yeah. 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 It is. It is. Uh, it's weird though, because you see, you see traces of Ralphie's kind of, um, character you know like for the first five episodes you see traces you see a little bit of gladiator a little bit of like you know uh habitual line stepping with the jokes um a little bit of like uh violence um but there's also this side to his character that's supposed to be like you know um you know empathetic like early on he's like an empathetic he's introduced by saying we lost my mother last year and Uh like kissing tony and stuff um but now he's just he's gone like full heel turn and Ralphie's uh, first appearance at the funeral for Livia. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's, that's his first appearance. And um, yeah, it it is just kind of like uh, it's jarring because, because now it's like, okay, this is the Ralphie that I've always hated. Watching the previous five episodes. I'm like, I kind of like Ralphie. 
you know but now yeah he's i mean a dickhead. I, yeah i would say in this episode <clears throat> in this episode on the rewatch i sort of liked him too and my memory of him was oh god like just a really grading character yeah yeah um, yeah because he is but i think maybe at the time i was reading him as literally grading whereas this time i could like appreciate how well written of a grading character he is yeah i if think that makes sense yeah, yeah i yeah, think totally. the first time you see him like you sense that like line stepping and uh and mm -hmm. and and, and and it might feel like accidental or you're not sure where the writers are going with it. And then right. on rewatch, you're like, oh yeah, that's obviously like the type of person that he is, is that he's always, he's always pushing you like a little beyond the, your boundaries and making you like a little bit uncomfortable and you, and you push back against it. But that's, that's clearly like a manipulation strategy on his part. Right, right. Is he and, does uh, it in such small increments, then he's like, oh, what, what are you talking about? This is just yeah. like a little thing that I do. You know, it just shows that like, you know, jokes, um, jokes can go too far and jokes can hurt. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. jokes, Words jokes are also violent. Are like also, there, there's violence a great is scene of Ralphie telling the joke, um, it continued a great Sopranos tradition of, of a scene starting on the second half of a joke. <laughs> yes. Yes. What was it's, the it's it, recurring? Oh, the joke routine. is like, oh, uh, holy, holy cow! Look oh, at all these fucking Indians. Yeah, look at all these fucking Indians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this actually, this this episode does uh, uh, a lot of, like, a lot of the scenes start in the middle of the scene, and it's some of the best uh, beginnings of scenes ever. Um, I think. Vince, you're, you, you and my, uh, our, our favorite scene, I think, is the exact same thing. It's yeah. the brunch the brunch scene. It's one, uh, yeah, it's one of my two favorite lines in this, for sure. The Russell Crowe, I mean, he's trapped, right? They're going to sever off his head, and he's telling him how to do it? I know. And then he yanks a sword from that dude. Yeah. That was so fat. What about when the guy gets hit with that spike thing and chunks of his head go flying? I don't know if I'm ready. Well, we're making conversation. I know, but people are trying to eat. Thank you. Why do you let him watch this garbage? Aaron Brockovich, that was a nice one. I didn't care for it. You did too. What are you talking? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just love I love the correction of his own opinion. Like that <laughs> that is something. Yeah. Uh I've had that happen multiple times to me. Mostly because I forget my opinions about things mm -hmm. often. Um, I mean, but just, yeah. just writing, writing his love of gladiator is like such a big part of his character. Is like, <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. It's so good. And, and, then and it, there's even it follows up later in the in the episode when he's watching Spartacus and getting all mad. <laughs> yeah, that was great. It's <laughs> got a flat top in ancient Rome. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and he's he's he does the thing that that they do a lot in The Sopranos. Um, where they show that a character really loves like some piece of art, whether it's a movie or a song or whatnot, but then they completely misquote it. Um, <laughs> yeah. He uh, he opens one of the scenes where he goes into the VIP room and he starts screaming, "I have come to reclaim Rome for my people." <laughs> hey, Ralph. I have come to reclaim Rome for my people. How you doing? I have come to reclaim Rome for my people! I don't get it. What do you mean? 
Fucking gladiator, you fuck. Oh, the movie. I didn't see it. You're an asshole. First of all, that's not a line from the movie. That no. line <laughs> is not in the... I, I searched everywhere. I was like, okay, I want to try and find that line with Russell Crowe saying it. I, I ended up in a bunch of, like, Sopranos subreddits where there's multiple posts with people <laughs> being like, yeah, that's not actually a line from the movie. And people trying to guess where he got this line from. I mean, it's kind of uh, like the subtext of the movie is that he's going to turn... He's going to take the throne and make Rome into a Republic again. Isn't it? Isn't that like the, uh, the, like one of his like ultimate goals? Uh, sure. But that would, that's, that's still, Oh no, you know what it was? It was, uh, what's his name? Joaquin Phoenix's dad was going to turn it back into a Republic. And that's why he killed him. That's why he chokes him out. Yeah. But, but even, even if it was like, oh, it was a subtext line, he can't be mad at Georgie for not understanding this line that he's inventing completely. They'd be like, yeah, but you knew it was gladiator. What? You knew it was gladiator though. I knew it was gladiator because of all the context clues of him talking about gladiator for fucking five episodes in a row. But like the fact that he is, uh, fucking, you know, just saying, you know, Oh, it's, it's fucking, it's like if my dad, because my dad famously quotes movies (laughs) and then waits a a beat and tells you where the movie's from. He goes, you ever flashy thing me men in black. And then he gets mad at people for not having seen Men in Black or not knowing that exact line. But it would be like uh, if if my dad was like, uh, oh, uh, you know, uh, this this machine will make you forget, but then you will become the guy in the suit and then just be like Men in Black. It's just not it's not it's like he's you can't explain us the subtext of a movie. I don't know the subtext of Men in Black, so I, I can't really think of a great example. But um, but. It does go on this uh, love for love for Gladiator uh, where I think Ralphie does. I think my favorite. I think he does the best impression of Russell Crowe that I've ever seen. Um, uh, do, don't, do you guys agree that it was a good impression? I uh, I liked where he completely unnecessarily put a cigar out on Georgie for no reason at all. I I did like that too. That was good. But I mean, impression wise, I think it's one of the best. Uh, in fact, I I have a clip of that. Oh. Hey, Ralph. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. Come on, man. Commander of the armies of the North. All right, come on. Loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius. Put it down, Ralphie. Come on. Father to a murdered son. Come on, Ralph. Husband to a murdered wife. Come on. And I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. Pitch perfect impression. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean? Great. Joey, Joey Pants, you know, really doesn't get enough credit for his range. He oh, really he's doesn't. He's, he's very, very good. Um, didn't, didn't Gladiator win Best Picture? Yeah. It did. <laughs> <laughs> it hilarious. is kind of weird. That is yeah, a very it's really sp- weird. Looking back at that as a choice for a best picture, kind like, of strange. I knew that, but I didn't even trust myself to know that. I thought <laughs> surely that memory must be implanted like some satanic panic, uh, yeah. repressed, you know. Yeah. No, no, one best picture. Yeah. It's, it's just one of those years where I think um, uh, people were like, yeah, it's Oscar bait. Um, and yeah, it's like they made, they finally made a movie so glossy that they had to give it a trophy. Well, I think so. It's so smooth. Do you want to know the other, uh, nominees that year? 
Yeah, I do. It was Aaron Brockovich, as we've covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chocolat. Oh. Traffic. Ah. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Gladiator. Yeah, weird. I mean, I think Crouching Tiger is a better movie. Um, <laughs> but uh, Chocolat is uh, is awful. It's it's maybe one of the worst movies I've ever seen. But, uh, you know, I think back in the day, that was considered a good movie. Anyways. I, yeah. I get that one anomaly mixed up. They're kind of like the same movie in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Amelie so, is delightful. Amelie is great. That's just that's just a good movie. I um, prefer Like Water for Chocolat. Very good. Very, <laughs> very good. Uh, so, Tony doesn't really do much in this episode. You notice? This is not really much of uh like this is not a a Tony heavy episode. No. It's, it's meadow heavy. I mean it's it's like meadow first and foremost. Yeah. Um and it's, then yeah, and it's it's so funny how I mean she and Tony like don't interact for huge chunks of the show. He yeah. Um, he does get like a, an unnecessarily vigorous blowjob while Ralphie is swinging the uh the lock mm-hmm. around. Do you notice how much yep. she was moving in that? I felt like she thought she had to really sell the idea that she was given a blowjob, but like no one moves their back that much when they're given a blowjob. Yeah, it definitely was. It looked like a, a stage a stage blowjob. Mm-hmm. Um but uh but also uh I, there's something I really enjoy about Tony being in his head when he's trying to come. Uh, <laughs> I think we've all been there sure. where, where there's just like watching him just being like trying to concentrate on ejaculating. Yeah, even He knows he's just got to go make Ralphie stop doing whatever the fuck he's doing. Cause he yeah, yeah. Know. yeah. But he just, he knows like by the sounds of what's going on, like, ah, Christ, I gotta go tell Ralphie to stop doing this. <laughs> Yeah, and it's uh, you know you feel for him because he's just like uh, all he wants. He is a simple man. All he wants is to get his dick sucked and just uh, enjoy his night, you know. And uh, he has to. He's got to go play baby boss, you know. It sucks, um, but uh, he does have a scene. Um, you know, he doesn't do much gangstering, I think, in this episode. But he does have um, a scene where he orders uh, a hit on a baby. Oh um, wow! I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, a, I have a clip of that. I don't know what to do. He acts like he doesn't give a shit. Do you ever think he's not acting? You think he'll help me support it? Oh, sure. It'll be father knows best over there. Well, do you want my advice? You already got one kid. Problems with that, burning him with cigarettes, whatever the fuck you were I doing. I got help for that. I had a lot of repressed anger. The county social worker says it all goes back to my mom and holding my hand on the stove. Whatever, okay? Your age, your situation. You need another kid like you need a fucking hole in the head. So you think I should get an abortion? Believe me, when Ralphie is the father, you'll be doing this kid in the next few generations a favor. As a Catholic, that uh, I imagine that, that took a lot for him to be like, you got to kill that baby. You know what I mean? I, I think it goes back to the last episode of uh, Tony Soprano, unlikely relationship expert. And, uh, you know, yeah. the last few episodes, he really gives out some good relationship advice. Yeah. 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 Getting an abortion, I, I think, is uh, that I think that would have been some good good advice had she heeded it. Um, I think she probably should have listened uh, do you think, uh, I think another name for this episode would just be daddy issues. I, I, you know what I think? I think the real gangsta of this episode is daddy issues. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. You know, and, and the patriarchy, but that's kind of the same thing. Yeah. 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 For sure. For it's just sure. a fancy way. Well, that's... you guys, you know, a lot of people don't understand this about the show, but 
you know, a lot of people say, hey, great mob show and everything, but really, it's about family. It's absolutely about family. You know, it's uh, it's just straight think, up, it's Olive Garden. I think it's actually about the death of the American dream and the twilight mm -hmm. of the American frontier. I think it's about mm -hmm. um, it's mental about uh, mental health um, and uh, just like taking a mental health day when you're feeling blue. Um and I think it's a giant ad for the uh, anti-depression uh, drug companies. That's what I think. And yeah. it's about titties and meat. Yeah. I like mm -hmm. that uh, they basically did Louis C.K.'s bit about like homeless people uh, as, uh, yeah. as a storyline. Yeah. Like his old bit mm -hmm. about like, you know, how you scold people for like caring about homeless people. But like, yeah. you know, there is a level. Uh, doesn't that man need help? Desperately. Come on, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, but I mean to go back to what I was saying earlier. Um, I mean, think about all the HBO comedies that have like come and gone. Like, did you ever laugh? At, I mean, I never watched Entourage, but like, take fucking Entourage or something like. Right. Did you ever laugh as hard at never Matt or or ballers well, as you did when it's revealed that the woman has a New York Daily News thong? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, here's like, the thing. Yeah. Incredible. Here's the thing. I had to. I had. To, I went on Nando Vila's uh, Entourage podcast uh, a few weeks back. I don't think it's aired yet. But um, one thing, like if you rewatch one Entourage, uh, the thing that immediately jumps out at you is how bad all of the acting is. And uh, yeah, so it's it's very much like the reverse of uh, The Sopranos. Like going back to Entourage, you remember that back in the day, like TV could have people on it that were really bad actors. And I think mm. now it just doesn't. Like all of the acting is so much better on TV. And I think one of the reasons is like Sopranos really just kind of like, if nothing else, it really like elevated the acting game of television yeah. because everyone on it was so good, even down to the people that are doing one off character arcs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the acting on Entourage is absolutely horrible, and the worst part is, is that uh, you know they're supposed to, you know, Vince plays an actor, and <laughs> yeah. just, you know, that's uh, that's a bummer. Um, and then also a lot of the actors, there's actors who are playing themselves, and uh, you know, it, to, to me though, you don't watch Entourage for like the acting chops, and because it's not a drama. Um, or it's not sold as a drama, it it inherently makes things less funny because you're waiting for jokes. Like you're there for mm -hmm. you're there for jokes. It's very, you know, it's a it's a sitcom, right? Yeah. Um whereas like the Sopranos tricks you into thinking that it's this, you know, serious uh long form mob movie. And uh and it's not at all. It's not it's just not that. Um it it, it has its moments where it is, but for the most part it is just a really, really dark comedy. Well, which is, I mean, uh, I would argue Goodfellas is basically a comedy too. Oh, sure, sure, yeah, you can make that argument. Um, but uh, yeah, I just it, it's it's hard to compare, you know, Sopranos to any of the like HBO uh, like comedy series because HBO comedy series are are billed as comedy series, you know. Uh, so it's like it's got a it's I'm it's a different thing i think well most well, I, get, I get what yeah. you're saying but my, my point is more like was there i, I i've certainly never laughed that hard at yeah. a joke oh no, no completely no. completely yeah yeah that's As it's I did when the woman had the newspaper up there. <laughs> i think i think all of hbo's overt comedies are half hour shows and the fact yeah. that sopranos is like technically an, it's more like a 45 minute show which is honestly i think all hour shows should be more like 45 minutes but i think yeah. because it's 
you know, it's supposedly an hour long show that we assume it's meant as a drama. Yeah. Um, so speaking of funny, uh, this is the last clip that I have. Um, and it is, uh, it is Ralphie and Tracy's final scene together, uh, in which, um, Ralphie, you know, he does a lot of joking around, but, um, he goes, I think further than, uh, any other time with with what he is about to do with Tracy, and I have a clip. How else am I going to take care of you when you're nine months pregnant? You serious? Of course I'm serious. We get a little house. Colts. I know that guy who's a mortgage broker. Really? I love you. I love you too, baby. It's a boy who named him after me. It's a girl who named it Tracy after you. This way she can grow up to be a cocksucking slob just like a mother. Are you out of your fucking mind? I gotta say that is the second coldest breakup um in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Like like next to next to Noah just being like, I really didn't want to talk about all this right now. Um <laughs> and then Dude, continuing to study. Poor fucking Tracy, man. Yeah. I know she gets shit on she deserved the better. entire episode. Yeah, it Dang. is it is it's just so sad to watch too because you're just like uh uh you you're you feel so bad for her because it is it is clear that she is uh mired in this life in a way where like she even owes sill money you know like he's openly he's like i'm squeezing her mm-hmm. you know uh and and you're you're hoping for a way out, and then she finally stands up for herself and gets murdered by Ralphie. And but Tony, before, Tony's yeah. thing where he doesn't even like want to make small talk with her. He's like, "What are you? Why are you talking to me? What are you doing?" Yeah, yeah. It, it was an interesting thing too because Couldn't like, you just uh, say thanks that she made you some fucking date bread, bro. Yeah, I mean, but she was definitely the, you know I I like that he laid down the like employer employee sure. relationship boundary yeah. like that's that's actually kind of adult of him like yeah you expect him to be like uh, hey gorgeous uh, what's uh, <laughs> what does that butthole smell like you know something hot like that <laughs> yeah yeah that's what and, I say and um and instead he you know he's he's laying down boundaries uh but of course it's all to her detriment because had he been I think a better employer he would have been like run get the fuck out um but uh yeah so that tracy meets her and uh and uh ralphie cements himself as a true piece of shit um and it just gets me excited to see what's gonna happen with ralphie you know what's next for him yeah you know i mean i wonder if he someone said he's gonna end up in a car trunk somewhere so. I mean, someone said that. Is is that what's going to happen? I Who don't know. Knows? I mean, I guess we'll just have to find Le- out. I legitimately don't remember, so I'm excited to find out. Yeah, me too. Um, well, just uh, a final thought. Uh, I have no least favorite scene in this episode. Yeah, uh, me neither. Nothing came to mind. 
nothing came to mind. Maybe uh, like I wanted to say the Melfi scene where he's like explaining, you know, what happened, but that it was actually, I thought that was really good. Where Brendan, he, yeah, that's he, a decent Melfi scene. Yeah. Did you have a least favorite, least favorite? Oh man. Um, I would say favorite scene, definitely the, the homeless woman scene. I mean, yeah, I, I had no recollection of that. And so when I saw it, I was just, that really got me. Um, the, the way it was shot, uh, uh-huh. the reactions, everything. I mean, it was just, it was perfect. It's a great it reveal. So good. Did I mention my other favorite yeah. line with the, with Caitlin? Oh no, you didn't. What was your other one? It was when she tearfully says, I think I miss my ferrets. Yeah. 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 Pretty solid. Yeah. Good. Pretty love great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure if I had a least favorite one. Um, they, they were all really good. I mean, if anything, it was just, uh, I mean, I really felt for, for Tracy. Uh, yeah. she just really got dogged mm-hmm. the whole yeah. episode and then gets murdered. Um, yeah. so it was maybe, um, I wouldn't say least favorite, but those are heavy, man. Like yeah. it's heavy yeah. watching her get shit on the entire time. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think they really drove home like, Hey, you're not supposed to feel good watching this show. So don't fuck you. No. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, I love that. Point. Um, yeah. I mean, she just gets so used up. I mean, there's, I think it's worth mentioning real quick. Um, I mean, even that one scene where Ralphie takes her in the back room, he ends up making her give the security guy a blowjob too. Yeah. Remember, there's like a yeah, like, like a, a cop, guy, like a rent a cop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just but like who is that guy? And like you can tell, like Ralphie must just be like, yeah, it's funny if I bring this guy, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> like just to fuck with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's definitely um, you know, pushing pushing those boundaries as far as he can as as he can, you know. He's uh he's being as much of a piece of shit to her uh as as he possibly can be and it just makes it makes you uh hate Ralphie to a point where you're like where you just kind of uh, you wait to, for him to get murdered at some point. I like you know? to, waiting to see him end up in the trunk of a car. You're sure. waiting for it. I liked the the total one off fat joke where Polly just sees uh, Vito and, <laughs> yeah. and and Bobby Bacala and he's like, "Hey, it's like an ad for a weight loss clinic." Yeah, before, before and way before, and way before. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then he says, "Hey, Tony, do you hear what I said?" And then you know, then Tony goes, "Hey, yeah." Before and after. Yeah. Like, yeah. He totally misses the- <laughs> Because he's like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's great. That's good. And, uh, I forgot. Good Lord, those guys are huge. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah, so you don't get a lot of profile shots of those guys, I think, uh, most of the time. So seeing them profile belly to belly, titty to titty, you're just like, fucking God can, damn. Can you imagine if you were a morbidly obese Italian actor and you didn't get cast on The Sopranos when it was on? Like, that was like the yeah. fucking gravy train of all gravy trains for yeah. fat Italian guys. And you know how much fat Italian guys love gravy. I'm yeah. sorry. I mean, those guys are not getting work on Dawson's Creek. They certainly aren't. Although, it would be really funny if, like, Pacey fucked one. <laughs> <laughs> just randomly pacey just brings uh, a fat italian guido <laughs> it's just like <laughs> this is Gigi. hey yo dawson <laughs> is you this the creek doing? this is yeah <laughs> you call this a creek uh, you could uh you could put a pretty uh, you could put a body in one of these creeks you ever <laughs> yeah. think about that hey there's another way <laughs> this is a nice creek you got here. Be ashamed if someone dammed it up. Uh, that's great. Anyways, uh, I think all in all, solid B plus. Great episode. Yep. Solid. Uh, 
Brendan, thank you so much for for coming on our side quest podcast, dude. Yeah, I fucking yeah. I fucking love you. Uh, where where can where can people find you? Nowhere. That's in sick. my in my daughter's room in the canopy bed uh, with the unicorn, uh, rainbow unicorn pictures on the wall. <laughs> please That's please beautiful. don't find me. Please yeah, don't find me. <laughs> please don't look for me. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Frogcast at gmail.com for all of your uh, pod yourself a gun questions, comments, concerns. If you have any corrections, uh, <laughs> you couldn't even come up with it, your own Gmail. No, I mean, I just like we have one, but I was just like, ah, fuck it. it, it this is this way we get people to be like, what's a frogcast? And then they'll, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I Some never cross promotion. Yeah, yeah, we'll call it cross promotion. Um, you know, yeah, send us any uh, corrections. Oh, one fun correction, uh, just real quick, was uh, y- remember the wheelchair lady uh, at Livia's funeral, uh, Fanny? Yeah. She's in a wheelchair because she's the one who got, who Livia hit with her car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that was uh, that was a correction. Someone let us know that. Um, Patreon.com slash broadcast. That's our other podcast bonus episodes. You can listen to those. Uh, please subscribe uh, and make sure to give this uh, five stars and a review on iTunes. Vince, what's a Google voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, don't stop believing. That's how we say don't stop believing. That's good. For this yeah. One. Because, yeah. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.